W.L. Weller is famously known for being a bourbon that started off as nothing crazy, just your average middle shelf bourbon that anybody could find. Some of them are lower shelf, some of them are a higher middle shelf, and it blew up into a bourbon that any any of the types of Weller are now difficult to find most places, and we're going to talk about that a little bit today. But before we get to that, you are listening to the Whiskey Noobs Podcast, and my name is Chris, and I'll be the host of the show. And today, unlike what we do with many non-review episodes, this is not an episode dedicated to reviewing any one whiskey. And normally, I would do a mystery whiskey review, but today, unlike most episodes, we will not be doing that. And there's a specific reason for that. Instead of doing a mystery whiskey review, I'm actually going to be tasting Weller 12-Year for the first time ever. So big shout out to my buddy, 2 Ounce Whiskey, on Instagram. Go check him out at the number two, so two ounce, and then whiskey spelled not the way that I spell it, whiskey with no E. So that is the number two ounce whiskey. Whiskey is spelled with no E. Go check him out. Um, and big shout out to him for sending me this taster of Weller 12 year. I'm very excited to try it for the first time. And that will check off every Weller for me except for William LaRue Weller, which we will talk about in this episode. So real quick, I'm going to take a quick taste of this, but I'm not going to talk about how I feel about it until after we talk about the first five Wellers. And that's because these five I had the pleasure of tasting all at once in a like formal tasting where they give you, you know, charcuterie and all those things afterward. And we got to actually sit down and taste these five. Me and my buddy went to it. My wife actually bought me a ticket to it for our anniversary, and so I was able to go do that. And I thought this would be a great episode because the Wellers are hunted by a lot of people because they have this lineup of seven different Wellers. And they're so hunted by so many people that I thought I'd give you guys my opinion. Uh, this is fully biased. My just my opinion that I had from trying all five of these, I did rank them in order. I didn't take down specific notes during the tastings, which I wish I had, but at the time I was just kind of living in the moment, enjoying myself. So I'm kind of glad I didn't, but I wish I had for the purposes of this episode. So I'm not going to really have specific tasting notes most likely, but I will read to you the tasting notes that Buffalo Trace gives, and then I will tell you my experience with each of those five. And then, of course, after those five, I will talk about the Weller 12-year that I am tasting right now. And after that, we'll talk about William LaRue Weller, which is a little bit different than all of those, but still part of the Weller family. So I'm going to taste this Weller 12-year, not talk about it yet, and then we're going to jump into the Weller lineup. Okay, so getting into the Weller lineup. First and foremost, as I mentioned before, these are from the Buffalo Trace Distillery. All of these Wellers are from the Buffalo Trace Distillery. It's like a sub-brand of Buffalo Trace. And they never used to be as big of a deal as they are nowadays. They actually used to be pretty easy to find, relatively inexpensive, and they've really blown up. Um, One of the reasons for them blowing up is that the weeded mash bill, Buffalo Trace's weeded mash bill, which is used for the Weller lineup, or at least for the original three, they have added Wellers as it's gained popularity, is the same mash bill that is used for the Van Winkle family reserves, the Pappy Van Winkles, for those of you who know what that is. And if you do know what that is, is, then you know that people are obsessed with Pappy Van Winkle. And so the Wellers all gained popularity for having that same mash bill. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to taste exactly the same as the Pappy Van Winkles. You've got different ages, different distilling techniques, different storage in the warehouse, all sorts of different things that are going to make these taste vastly different from, from the Pappy Van Winkles and different from each other, as we will talk about throughout this episode. 
But what's important is it became known as the poor man's Pappy Van Winkle, especially Weller 12 year. Um, in other words, all that is to say that the Pappy Van Winkle hype eventually caught Weller on fire as well. And so now Weller is extremely popular, extremely hyped up, and extremely hard to find. Starting off with Weller's Special Reserve, though, this is one of those ones that I feel is worth the hype. Not at its crazy price that you'd find on like the secondary market, but at its normal price. So in Ohio, it's $23 for a bottle of Weller Special Reserve, which is incredibly inexpensive. I'm not sure if I enjoy any $23 whiskey as much as I enjoy Weller Special Reserve, mainly because at $23, I really don't expect much from a whiskey, and this does deliver. Now, as you will read on the Weller Special Reserve website, this is the original weeded bourbon is what it is dubbed, and this applies to all of the Weller lineups, that they are weeded bourbons. For those of you who don't know, though, what that means is they take out the rye that would normally be the second ingredient in a bourbon. Usually, you'd have corn and then rye would flavor the corn. But in Weller, what they do is they take out the rye and they add wheat instead. And all of the Wellers are weeded bourbons. And all that means is it's a high percentage of wheat in the mash bill instead of rye. And that adds a little bit of sweetness and makes it a little bit more gentle. Weeded bourbons tend to be more approachable, a little bit sweeter, and just give off these nice, mellow, sweet, flavors. As far as Weller Special Reserve goes, I love this because I don't know if there's any other bottle in its price range that has the good flavors it has while not having a weird kind of harsh, almost burnt note that a lot of your cheaper bourbons get. It's like this crappy wood note, I guess is the best way I can describe it. Weller does not give that off for me, and I absolutely love it for that. Weller Special Reserve, I should say. And so this is my lowest ranking one on the list, although I could say it's tied with Weller 107, which is our next one. You could argue it's tied. It really seems to depend on uh, the day of the week for me as to which one I end up liking more. I do like them both very much, though. The Weller Special Reserve comes in at 90 proof, so it's very approachable, has the that wheat in it that makes it nice and approachable, uh, and also the 90 proof. Anything under 100 is usually fairly approachable. And so all in all, this is an inexpensive, approachable drink. Not overly complex. It is only $23, but I really enjoy it. And on Buffalo Trace's website, the notes that they're going to tell you that you will get are caramel, honey, butterscotch, and soft woodiness. You can actually go back to the episode, episode number 62, and get a more in-depth review from myself and from Bryce, who was my guest on that episode. So that's all I'm going to say about that because I have done a full review of it. But I really enjoy Weller Special Reserve. It is great for the price. Now, moving on to Weller Antique 107. Weller Antique 107 is the same juice as Weller Special Reserve. It's just at a higher proof. That's the only difference. It's less watered down. And that difference in proof does make a difference. It makes it taste pretty distinctly different. Now, Weller 107, I've actually done a blind tasting of it next to Weller Special Reserve. And I picked the Weller Special Reserve in that blind tasting. And this seems to change for me as fast as I change my pants because I really like 107 for what it is and it really is a different beast. But sometimes I just want the nice, calm, approachable Weller Special Reserve and 107 does have some bite to it. That bite, as it usually does with most whiskeys, it does bring added complexity and added flavor to it. 
However, what I said in the blind tasting and what I feel sometimes when I'm drinking 107 is that that added flavor is not enough for the added burn. It, it seems to burn more than it has the more flavor than the Weller Special Reserve. But I don't want to uh, make anybody think this isn't a good bourbon. It is a great bourbon. The big thing for me is Special Reserve is so much less expensive than Antique that I tend to enjoy Special Reserve more just because it's literally less than half the price in Ohio. In Ohio, Weller Antique is going to run you $50, as will the rest of these, actually, except for William LaRue Weller, if I'm not mistaken. So on the Buffalo Trace website, it will tell you that you can expect sweet and unusual floral notes coupled with vanilla. The taste is very well balanced with sweet fruit notes, strong vanilla undertone, and sharp spicy notes with a cinnamon finish. I think the really notable thing there, uh, the difference between Weller Special Reserve, is you can see they go away from the nice mellow honey flavors and bring up these sharp spicy notes cinnamon finish but it still is backed by that strong vanilla and that is really the case that in my experience is that it has those nice sweet notes that special reserve has but it has these sharp spicy notes and that cinnamon finish it has that bit of burn to it and depending on what kind of a mood you're in, you might not like that as much as Special Reserve. But if you're in the mood for it, you might like it more than Special Reserve, as seems to be the case for me. Do I want a little bit more bite or do I want a little bit less bite? That's really the question when it comes to Antique versus Special Reserve. Moving on to the next one on the list, and this was actually a little bit of an upset for me when I was doing the tasting. I believe I ranked this third, if I'm not mistaken, but it may have actually been second. I, I can't remember between... This one and the next one, which one I liked more, but I know for sure I was more disappointed by this one. Not to say it tastes worse than the next one, but to say that it was supposed to taste so much better than it did. And that is Weller CYPB. CYPB, for those of you who don't know, is Craft Your Perfect Bourbon. And Buffalo Trace launched this website where you could go in and answer their survey and basically craft your perfect bourbon, talk about everything you'd like, the recipe or mash bill, the proof, even the warehouse location that they would store the barrels in, and also the age of it. So Buffalo Trace used those responses and came out with a bourbon that matched the average of all of those responses. And that was the CYPB. Now, I want to be really clear here. This is a very good bourbon. It is super tasty, but it is hyped up from everything I've seen to be the cream of the crop, arguably the best in the Weller lineup from some people that I've seen, and it really, truly disappointed me. Even the actual representative from Buffalo Trace who was there to help with the tasting said, you know, oh, I heard that they were having the CYPB, and I, I was like, I gotta go do this tasting. I love the CYPB, and I'm not trying to say anything against him. He was a great representative. He really helped walk us through everything. However, I see that same attitude online from influencers, online from people who post reviews, and I just didn't see it in this. I don't know what it was. I didn't enjoy it as much as I enjoyed the next two that I'm about to talk about. I might have enjoyed it as much as the next one, but I was more disappointed by it. The next one I was actually impressed by, which is I think what bumped it up to number two for me. Now, the tasting notes that they say CYPB will give you is a light aroma with citrus and oak on the nose. The palate is well-rounded and balanced with medium-long finish and hints of vanilla. Now, you can even see there the tasting notes don't even go as in-depth as the antique tasting notes do. Now, I do like this more than antique, and I remember getting a good citrus and oak from it, which are two of the things they mentioned that you'll get. 
but I just don't remember thinking it had the body or the depth that I wanted it to have, or the complexity, really. So for that reason, this one actually remains at three. It could be argued for two on my list, but I'm going to keep it at three because of the letdown that it was. Now, I forgot to mention, this is bottled at 95 proof, which is right in between the 107 that we just talked about, which is 107 proof, and the special reserve that we talked about that was 90 proof. So this is right in the middle, and it almost is very fitting for the proof to be in the middle because it kind of does the a middle ground with the palates where it's got some sweetness it's got some spiciness but to me it just didn't have the depth that i wanted it to have still an excellent drink if you can buy it at retail buy it i mean it's definitely worth the retail price and i would argue that pretty much all of these are worth the retail price except for maybe 107 just because of how close special reserve comes to 107 for me um I would probably buy two bottles of Special Reserve before I would buy one bottle of 107. But I don't know. It really depends on the mood, like I mentioned. But most of these are worth their retail price. Great drink, CYPB, craft your perfect bourbon. However, it just fell a little bit short for me in the tasting. But it did still make it to third, so that's still not bad out of five. Moving on to the next one that I want to talk about, and this was number two in the tasting for me. We've only got one left after this, so process of elimination, you can figure out what it is. But the one that comes in second for me, and this might be a controversial statement, was the Weller Single Barrel. This might be controversial because of the fact that some people don't like Single Barrel. They say it's very overhyped. I have also heard from some people that CYPB is overhyped, which I agree with. The thing with any single barrel whiskey is that not every bottle is going to taste the same. They literally take one barrel and pour that into however many bottles and they sell it like that. They filter it or whatever, but they sell it like that. They don't blend together a bunch of barrels. With other non-single barrel whiskeys, they will blend together a bunch of barrels and get a very consistent flavor. That's not the case with single barrels. And so that is why I think I liked this so much. Maybe I just got a really good barrel, or maybe this is just really my flavor palette. I don't know. But one thing I know for sure is myself and my friend, actually Zach, who's been on the podcast, who did the tasting with me, we were both pretty blown away by this. We were very impressed. We weren't expecting as much out of it as we got, and we really enjoyed it. Now, this is coming in just a little bit hotter than the CYPB at 97 proof, so you got two more percentage points on there. And I can't tell you enough how impressed I was by it. But once again, maybe I had a really good barrel, and that's what makes it tough to recommend any single barrel or even small batch because small batch just means they're, they're smaller batches and they might not taste the same. Um, and so it's hard to recommend any single barrel or any small batch, but the tasting notes that they tell you online that you'll get from this are cherry and mint fading to vanilla on the nose, and then on the palate, caramel and baking spices with hints of cocoa with a finish of cinnamon, coffee, and a hint of pepper. Now, oddly enough, I remember saying that this wasn't quite right. These tasting notes weren't quite right for me. I thought we got more citrus, more fruit on it than they lend to on the website tasting notes because I did compare to the website tasting notes. However, there definitely are some of those darker flavors like the cocoa and the coffee, and maybe that's why I liked it so much. Maybe that just drew me in, but I did really, really enjoy the Weller Single Barrel. Now, moving on to the last Weller from that tasting, but not the last that we're going to talk about today. You might have narrowed it down by now. The one that came number one for me was Weller Full Proof. 
I think I actually mentioned in the last Q&A episode that my perfect proof is like 110 or 115. Weller full proof is 114 proof. So maybe that just is my bias in this. But Weller 114 or Weller full proof is delicious to me. I, I enjoyed this so much. It was my favorite one that I, we had at the tasting. Now, I want to clarify something about this, though. Full proof is not the same thing as barrel proof. So people read full proof a lot of times and they think it's a barrel proof weller. And that is actually not the case. When they say full proof, they're actually referring to the proof at which the whiskey goes into the barrel. Barrel proof is the proof at which the whiskey comes out of the barrel. So Weller Full Proof is actually proofed down to the exact proof that it went into the barrel at, which just so happens to be 114 proof. And that's why all of the bottles of Weller Full Proof are 114 proof, because that is a controllable number that they're watering it down to. Whereas barrel proof whiskeys will be varying different proofs because different whiskeys come out of the barrel at different proofs. Not all barrels are made the same. Actually, no two barrels are made the same. So more or less water will evaporate out during the aging process, giving you inconsistent proofs. But with Weller Full Proof, no matter what, they water it down to the 114. And I use the term watered down uh, very loosely because this is not a watered down bourbon by any means. It's 114 proof. Full Proof is a great name for it. Maybe I'm biased because the label is blue and I think it's absolutely gorgeous. But the Weller Full Proof was my favorite from that tasting. Now, the notes that they tell you you're going to get on the Buffalo Trace website are a nose of vanilla, dark cherries, and caramel. And it says on the palate, you're going to have caramel and toasted oak. The finish is said to be long with notes of creme brulee and chocolate. This bourbon, if you read this notes list, and if this notes list is accurate, which I'm going to talk about here in a minute, my opinion on that, then this bourbon is like made for me. And so I think that is my bias. Now, those of you who have been around, you know that I love bakery sweet notes with dark fruit. We've got dark cherries and caramel on the nose. And then you probably don't know this about me no matter how long you've been around. Creme brulee is like one of my favorite desserts ever. And when we were drinking this, I did not pull out creme brulee. That's not a note that I would probably ever come up with off the top of my head. But I did, I do remember talking with Zach about it while we were doing this tasting. And I was like, something about this I just really like. And when I read the notes and read the creme brulee, I thought that has to be it. It had this creamy, sweet note of what I would say is probably close to creme brulee. And I really enjoyed it. And that's probably a biased answer. It's not probably. It's definitely a biased thing to say about this. So I want to be very clear that this is kind of the same situation as why I like Buffalo Trace bourbon so much because I like it so much because it just nails my flavor profiles. I just love all the flavors that it brings to the table. And I think that's why I liked Foolproof because then I love creme brulee. I love the sweet bakery flavors. I love that you still get some fruitiness with it. And then wrap that all up into a bottle and make it almost my exact favorite proof ever, basically. And it's just made for me. Uh, I absolutely love Weller Full Proof. Can't say enough good things about it, but I want to be very clear that that is a 
biased thing that I am saying. That is my personal opinion, personally biased about it. It might be too hot for some people, especially at 114 proof. It might have the same scenario that I said about Weller 107 to other people. It might not bring enough flavor to justify the amount of burn that it has. That could very well be the case for some people, and I want to make sure I say that so I don't just have everybody saying, you said this is going to be the best ever, and it wasn't. No, it's the best ever for me. I really, really enjoyed it. But it might not be the best ever for you. But I can't say enough good things about it if you have the exact same flavor palette I do, which I'm sure you don't. (laughs) But I really enjoyed it, and it came in number one at that whole tasting. So to run through that tasting one more time in order, I had at number one, the best one I had was Weller Foolproof, in my opinion. At number two, I had Weller Single Barrel, which could arguably be tied with number three, but it was an absolutely impressive drink, whereas number three, Weller CYPB, was a little bit of a disappointment for me. Still a great drink, though. And then after that, I have Weller Antique, which could probably swap places also with number one because it's kind of just a hotter, uh, more full-bodied version of Weller Special Reserve. Weller Special Reserve does come in dead last, but I really can't say enough good things about it, especially, especially at the price point. Now, all of those except for Weller Special Reserve, I believe, are $50 in Ohio. And also this next one we're going to talk about, Weller 12-year is. The last one we're going to talk about, William LaRue Weller, is actually $100 retail. But we will get into why that's the case. Next, we do have Weller 12-year, which I've been tasting throughout this episode, and I will taste again before I talk about it. All right, Weller 12-year, otherwise often called Poor Man's Pappy. Uh, for its relation to Pappy Van Winkle and its similarities to the Pappy Van Winkle lineup. I am very much enjoying this glass. Here's what I'll say negative. I'm going to talk about the negative, and then I'm going to get into the positives because I like to get the bad news out first. The negatives that I'll say are, this seems a little harsh to me for 90 proof right now. However, and I cannot stress this enough, as I mentioned in the beginning, this is a sample that a friend sent me. So it could very well be the case that his bottle's a little bit older, that his bottle had a little bit too much air in it, or that the sample he sent me had a little bit too much air in it, and it started to oxidize that whiskey, as we talked about on the neck pour episode. And I almost think maybe that's the case, because there was a decent air bubble in the sample that I had. I don't know if it leaked or not. And so I almost think that these harsher notes that I'm getting from it are a result of that. And I want to give it the benefit of the doubt because this one is one that everybody seems to like. And if I get past that little bit of harshness, this is a delicious drink. On the nose, it has those classic vanilla-y wheat flavors, maybe a little bit of a fruitiness, more of like a citrus side of the fruit, and almost a touch of black pepper, and that shows through on the palate as well. It has a spiciness with this nice, creamy sweetness that I'm really enjoying, and it almost reminded me for a second on like my second or third sip of this, I remember thinking it kind of tasted a little bit like bananas, and I don't know if it was bananas or if it's some other kind of creamy sweetness, but it has been really good so far, and so far it has a great amount of sweetness. I haven't read the notes yet that they say you're supposed to get online, so I will go through those here in a minute, but overall I would say an excellently sweet nose. It has a solid palate with the sweet flavors, but not outweighing the spicy flavors. You still get good spice with it. 
And then on the finish, as I mentioned, it's a little bit harsh for me, honestly, but I think maybe it might be a result of the bottle or the whiskey itself being a little bit old. Um, probably because I, I shouldn't have saved the sample for as long as I did, but I knew I wanted to use it for this episode. So moving into the tasting notes that they say you should get on the Buffalo Trace website. It says aromas of lanolin, almond, creamed corn, and toasty vanilla. The mid-palate flavor is heavily weeded, layered, and moderately sweet. Long, oaky, and intensely smooth finish. Reading those notes absolutely unlocked for me what I meant when I said it was creamy. The creamed corn that it said, I don't eat cream corn, so I have no idea if that's correct or not, but it made me think of a uh, vape juice that I actually used to have. I used to be into, you know, e-cigarettes, vapes, whatever. I'm not really into it anymore, but I did have one that was called cornbread pudding. Really weird flavor, but that is kind of what this tastes like, and I think that's the cream corn note that they're saying. Almond is also a good descriptor. It's got, both of those have that sweet, creamy taste you know not a creamy feel a creamy taste it's so hard to explain sometimes and that is what i'm getting here it absolutely has the weeded sweetness i would still argue it's got some spiciness to it that i really enjoy that they don't really mention they do say it's a layered palette but that's pretty vague um, but i think it comes through with some good spiciness as well a little bit of maybe some black pepper maybe a little bit of cinnamon and then the uh, finish is definitely long and oaky. As I mentioned, maybe not as smooth as I would want it to be, um, but that could very well be because I left the sample for too long. Overall, an absolutely great drink. I'm pretty impressed by it. I don't know where I would put it in the lineup with those other five, so I'm going to think about that while we talk about the next one. So the next one that we've got, I have not ever had, and who knows when I will ever have it. We have William LaRue Weller, which is the full name of W.L. Weller, if you haven't put that together yet. Now, the reason that this is so difficult for me to talk about, because I don't have a bottle and I don't know when I will get a bottle, is because it's part of the Buffalo Trace Antique Collection, which you've probably heard me talk about. I think we just talked about it in the uh, last FAQ episode where I answered your guys' questions. The Buffalo Trace Antique Collection is significantly more difficult to get your hands on, and it's always higher proof, and overall, they say, just better tasting than the rest of the Buffalo Trace lineup. Now, William LaRue Weller from the Buffalo Trace Antique Collection. For the description, it says, uncut and unfiltered, this hand-bottled bourbon is barrel-proof. So not full-proof like Weller full-proof, but actually barrel-proof. It is the proof that it comes out of the barrel. So you'll see some variation on how strong this actually is. For the tasting notes, it says fragrant sense of caramel corn, new leather, plums, light toffee, and pipe tobacco. The palate tastes of marshmallow, salted almonds, nougat, figs, and dates. This whiskey finishes smooth, composed flavorfully, and sweet. If that doesn't sound delightful to you, I don't know what does. But of course, it could just be embellished a little bit. As I mentioned, though, this is double the price of most of those other Wellers at $100 instead of $50, and that's if you can find it for the actual retail price. But it is barrel-proof. It does have a bit more age on it at 12 years, like the Weller 12 year. I should say over 12 years. Um, and it's supposed to just be delightful, as you can tell from the tasting notes. But I've never had it, so it could just absolutely be hype. I'd love to get my hands on the Buffalo Trace Antique Collection, maybe someday, but I'm certainly not there yet. And that's about all I'm going to say about William LaRue Weller. Just because I've never had it, I can't really speak to it, and I don't think it's beneficial for me to just read to you off the Buffalo Trace website. 
Now, I have thought a little bit about the Weller 12 year, and I think I will put it in second place. I think, and this is a little bit of a leap of faith because I'm assuming that it's a little bit harsh for me because of those factors that I mentioned, it being a little bit old, me leaving it in the sample bottle longer than I probably should have. And I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt there, especially because I know it's so hyped up and I know that it's only 90 proof. So I think it should be smoother for being 90 proof. Assuming I'm correct about that, maybe someday I'll get my hands on my own bottle. Assuming I'm correct about that, I would say that this is right after Weller Foolproof. I, like I mentioned, really, really enjoyed Weller Foolproof. And maybe if I tried this out of a newer bottle um, of my own bottle, I would put it next to Foolproof and say that I actually liked it more. But I think as of this glass that I'm having right now, it's not quite as good as I thought Foolproof was, but it is still very tasty. Overall, I love the creamy palate that it has, uh, along with those spicy flavors. I think they work together really well to make a pretty interesting palate. So that's my official lineup. I will run through it one more time now that we added 12 year to the list. So in first place, we've got Weller Foolproof, and this is all my very biased opinion. In first place, we've got Weller Foolproof. In second place, we've got Weller 12 year. In third place, we've got Weller Single Barrel. Perhaps I just had a really good barrel. In fourth place, we've got Weller CYPB, Craft Your Perfect Bourbon. In fifth place, we've got Weller Antique. And in sixth place, we've got Weller Special Reserve. But Weller Special Reserve is by far the cheapest, and I really love it at its price point. And all those comparisons I'm doing are based on the notes, the experience, not necessarily including the price. Of course, I've never had William LaRue Weller. My assumption would be that it would be the new first place spot, but I could absolutely be wrong about that, and it could just be hyped up. Now, that's all that I've got for the Weller lineup. So hopefully that was beneficial to you guys. I know, like I mentioned, a lot of people are hunting the different Wellers with good reason. It is a great lineup, and you get different variations of similar palettes in all of these different expressions of a very similar whiskey. So it's really enjoyable to be able to taste all those and all the little tweakings they do to the different recipes and see what you like more or less about each of them. Um, they're all great whiskeys. You can't go wrong with any type of Weller, in my opinion. I just don't typically think anything is worth the secondary price if you have any chance of finding it at retail, uh, which living in Ohio, I at least have a little shred of hope at finding it at retail or at least trading it for close to retail. So overall, great lineup. If you can find it at retail, absolutely, I think, buy it. If you don't like it, if you buy it and don't like it, there are probably a lot of folks out there who'd be willing to trade you. Um, They'd have to trust you if you opened it already, but you know what I mean. So if you see them at retail, buy them. Hopefully this gave you guys some guidance on which ones might be cut out for you, which wellers you might like more than others. Maybe you heard me talk about proof and you thought, well, I actually like lower proof, so I'd probably like the other one more. That could very well be. Maybe you like 12 year more than you'd like full proof. But overall, I hope this gave you guys some insight into the Weller lineup, and it definitely gave you some insight into my opinion on the Weller lineup. So from now on, if anybody asks me, I can say, hey, go listen to Whiskey Noobs episode number, is this 69? It is 69. Nice. Anyways, that's all that I've got for this episode. So hopefully you guys learned something from it, but I will leave you with learn to drink, drink to learn. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Whiskey Noobs. If you like the show, please make sure that you tell anyone you know who you think would be interested in the hobby or in the podcast. That way we can help to spread the word and continue to grow. Please also make sure to review the show on Apple Podcasts and share our posts on Instagram at whiskey underscore noobs or on TikTok at whiskey noobs podcast. Uh, it only takes a couple of minutes and it really does a lot to help spread the word and grow the podcast. Also, there is an email list for the show. If you'd like to join, you can just send an email to whiskey noobs podcast at gmail.com and in the subject line put email list i will add you to the list and then you'll be updated every month with the whiskeys that we will be drinking on the show throughout the month that way you can drink right along with us and see if you're getting the same notes once again thank you so much for listening to the show the whiskey noobs podcast does not support underage or otherwise irresponsible consumption of alcohol